definitely human. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 58. It's winter. And as you may be able to hear, I'm currently in with the chooks. We're going to do things a little bit differently this year. We're going to be releasing one episode a month. So it's going to be sort of on a monthly January, February, March, etc. Just because last year it was pretty full on being the farm manager and trying to manage everything and produce a weekly podcast. Um, I hope you had a really nice Christmas, New Year, holidays in general. It has been very sort of weird weather here. One minute it's absolutely freezing and raining and cold and then the next minute it actually feels quite spring-like. I am just in with the chooks. They are obviously housed at the moment, but I'm so pleased that they're all getting on so well from getting the 10 new girls last must have been about four months ago now um they came with no feathers on there was some pretty heavy bullying this breed um of laying chickens do tend to like they cannibalize each other's feathers they like eating feathers which is something i've never experienced before but yeah even when the feathers were growing out and they were having pin feathers i'd witness another chicken sort of pluck out the pin feather and eat it it was so disgusting but now i'm happy to say i think I must add that that is from being in an environment where they have no fun, nothing to play with. They've got nothing to do but eat and bully each other, essentially, because they came from a caged life. So now they have this massive barn space to run around in. They have so much to keep them occupied. Um, They don't feel the need to bully each other anymore, which is amazing. So I'm really happy about that. Even Heidi, so named because she would hide all the time, she was living on top of the laying boxes and just making a mess. And she was so scared every time she jumped down, everybody would bully her. And so I gave her her own little mini pen on the floor until came the time when she, it was quite clear that she didn't want to be in this little pen anymore and she wanted to come out. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a trial. And I think just being on the floor with the other chickens, they just learned to warm to her a lot more. And so, yeah, she's now fully integrated. She's probably still lowest in the pecking order, but she's grown all her feathers back. She's not picked on, set upon like she was before, and she's loving life. She's got a nice full red comb. Everybody's looking really happy. And yeah, just the difference in these girls, all the feathers that they've got now, they just, they've got their own personalities. I haven't named all of them yet. Um, Some are still to be named, but yeah, most of them have names now. 
Oh, I've got some which I'm just stealing names from the others. I've got Ermintrude II just because I love that name. She looks just like Ermintrude I except for she's got these big brown eyebrows either side of her crown which is very funny. She looks like, you know, Bert from Bert and Ernie. <laughs> so I'm tempted to call her Bert. This time of year you have a lot of ash from the fireplace if you live in the countryside and you have a fire which mum does. And so that is perfect to keep uh, mites at bay. And so I've created this big dusting area in the barn which they've all been using today. I can see lots of craters that they've been enjoying. And yeah, I haven't had any mite breakouts at all. It was clear when we got them that not only they were picking on each other and they had no feathers, but I think clearly there was a huge mite infestation and you know, they were itchy and they were plucking out their own feathers as well. So now we don't have that problem anymore all cured plenty of space oh dolly's lovingly preening one of them now pecking at her beak and her face dolly used to sleep by herself our three oldies sleep up on the ladder they know how to roost but dolly being from caged way back when my first lot she sleeps in one of the laying boxes and she was having the whole thing to herself and she looked a little bit miffed in the beginning when suddenly she had you know 10 other chickens trying to cram in all fighting to be around her you know some sleeping literally on top of each other Uh, they do I must add they have like four different laying boxes but they do like to all be together and sort of keep warm and nestle in together Um, but yeah now I think she loves it but yeah they're getting all kinds of spoils I've been feeding them the usual sweet corn they've been getting some sardines which is why their feathers have come in looking so beautiful and fluffy they even had a little bit of ham from Christmas which I read that they could have I wasn't quite sure it seems so weird but then I think I suppose when you think of seagulls and other things you know they just eat all sorts don't they I mean and they eat um, snails and worms and yeah so they're definitely partial to a bit of meat The one thing we weren't quite prepared for is just how many eggs these girls were going to lay per day. When I originally got the 12 chickens from the first brood, we would be lucky if we got two a day. I'm not kidding. They were just, they were at the end of their laying period, which is why commercial chickens get culled, which, you know, was no problem. We were happy for them to come to us for retirement. But these lot, I think because they must be younger, I think the farm was actually shut down like by the RSPCA or something due to welfare guidelines. And so they're much younger. So I don't know how young they are, but we are literally getting sometimes 12 13 eggs a day um so at least around 10 so it's been quite a lot we have put honesty box on the street outside the house um and then we told everybody in the local village you know please come and get them we give them all to friends and family so yeah make lots of things with eggs (laughs) it was a good thing i like eggs giving me a little preen microphone (laughs) right girls well this won't do i can't just sit in here with you all day long although to be honest i do do that quite a lot i just come up and spend time with them which is how i know each and every one of them by you know their characteristics and think of their names and all that i just love these girls but yes no work will get done if i keep this up so yeah i've got to go girls i will come in and check on you later goodbye bye don't go don't go is what i imagine they're saying they're probably saying give me food more food please bye ah so now i'm going out with mum i'm going to go and get mum in the gator and we're going to go out around the farm it is that time of year where we need to check over everything all of the fencing all of the sheep and all the the animals have been gathered in over winter so the fields are empty so it's the perfect time to do repairs Happy New Year, Mum. Happy New Year, sweetheart. What a (laughs) glorious day. 
And we're just down in Rydowns now, bottom of Linneyfield, and we're just looking at a large section of hedge that is looking a bit ropey. In fact, <laughs> it's got ropes holding it together. I'm laughing because I said to Mum, well, do you think, you know, that needs fixing? And you said, oh, I don't think it's urgent. It isn't urgent in that we don't have to make it livestock proof because when the sheep come here, they're behind an electric fence and the rest of the time it's laid up for silage. So we're not trying to keep anything out of the cornfield, but we need to put it on our to-do list. We did have some naughty lambs that were breaking out the year before when we didn't have them fenced. They weren't doing a rotation um, and they were just let loose in the field and, yeah, they, they broke through the fencing. We got a different farmer this winter and um, he managed to keep them all under control. So. Yeah. It was much better. I'm laughing because I think Nigel told me it must have been 20 or 30 years ago where that broke and Dad said, oh, well, I'll just lash it up for now. So it's literally a bit of, what would you say? They're it's old a, pine trees. They're old pine trees that he's lashed some rope around and then hung it off the top of the fence. Well, he's nailed them to the fence posts and had, he had ropes in between where the sheep were pushing through and those pine trees have now rotted and they're snapped off. So they're all <laughs> in suspension by ropes. Look at the bit furthest away. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like a kiddie's swing. But yeah, I feel like that's a lot of farming, isn't it? Is you sort of, oh, we'll make do and mend for now and then we'll look at it later and then there's something else more pressing and it never actually gets done. But yeah, otherwise, looking at this field, this is this field was reseeded how long ago? Two years ago? Three years ago. So one thing, I didn't realise that grass sours after a long time and so you need to kill off the grass and then you reseed it and then it grows up really lush and delicious and the sheep actually want to eat it. Plough it in properly and then spread the seed, roll the ground yeah. and it's a, quite a labour-intensive job. We rented it out for silage ground but because it was so dry this year it did not grow and he wasn't able to... Did he get one cut off of it? Um, and so, yeah, he only got one cut. And so he said, bring in a sheep farmer. If it gets eaten down and fertilised, then it will grow up more lush. And so, yeah, that's what we've done now. He's just taken his sheep off and it's all looking like a lawn, isn't it? It's beautiful. It's actually looking better than my lawn. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It was the first time we'd we'd seen somebody do rotational grazing where he sort of electric fenced them and then bit by bit yeah. he grazed each part and I think it's looking all the better for it because there's no individual parts that have been eaten down too much. There were 300 here at just over and he just did them in small sections of electric fence and they've been fantastic. They've done a really lovely job and he didn't allow them to eat it too tight and paunch the ground it's looking good they're massive fields aren't they they are biggest fields and they're sort of side by side we've we put a hedgerow down the middle yeah. for um was it for bat conservation yeah, it was the greater horseshoe bat back along because this was one big field more like a prairie really so we put that fence in through and um yeah it, it's been nice because you can shove animals one side while the, the other side rests that's what we used to do when we had sheep anyway Right, well, let's go off and see what else needs fencing then. Okay. Which way do I go? Oh, such a gorgeous spring day. It's been so wet for weeks and now um, it's really sunny and hopefully we'll get a bit of dry weather. The weather's certainly, the weather has certainly evened out post-drought and we've had the deluge. I think that that must have stretched to there to stop. The oh, okay. To the bank. 
So I was going to say, what is it with farmers? You know, they do a bit of fencing and then they get to the end of the roll of wire and then they just tuck it into the hedge and leave it for later. I've seen that everywhere, not just on this farm, other people's farms as well. So, absolutely. <laughs> defense, look, I said refence, not defense. <laughs> Mum's making uh, notes. Refence, bottom of um, Easter Park. Nice, right. No, we need to do north side now. We need to do Witchell's. There's a bit of fencing needed over there. Okay. And Bohay's needs redoing. The wind has really picked up today. You can hear it whistling, whistling through the vineyard, whistling through the trees. Um, one thing I did do uh, towards the end of last year and over the holidays was gather up seeds and plant some trees. We have this beautiful big conker tree that mum planted 20 years ago that I, we always, all the con, all the conkers get scattered all over the floor. So I thought, right, I'm going to plant some of those up. And I did a little post on social media and people were saying, why don't you plant native trees? You know, I thought conkers were a native tree, but then when I look more into it, they are considered a natural species to the UK now, but they were introduced. And so what we really need, of course, is more oak trees, beech trees, things like that. And I absolutely love an oak tree. I think it's sort of quintessential British countryside to see you know this big field with like this giant majestic oak in the middle of and they are a host to all different species of lichens and mosses and all kinds of insects and everything even dying trees you know I think we're so used to cutting things down when they look a bit ugly or when they start to fall down but really they give host to so many different bugs and everything and we should just leave them be to rot but anyway I'm not talking about rotting trees I'm talking about planting baby new trees We've got an oak tree in the garden that my grandma planted called the Arnhem Oak. She got the little oak sapling, do they call it, um, when she was visiting Arnhem in, I think it's in Belgium, and came back and planted it in our garden. And it's where her ashes are scattered and everything like that. It's just a beautiful little oak tree. And I saw this year that on the other side of the wall, it had sprouted a little baby oak sapling. So I dug it up and I've put it outside where the chickens are so in the field so hopefully in the future I mean they say with oak you plant it for your grandchildren right because in my lifetime it's probably only going to get to be I don't know seven eight foot tall but yeah I just love the idea of planting oaks all over the farm any trees not just oaks um, I really just want to plant trees everywhere and so I've been gathering up different seeds from all the different trees around and I'm planting them in little pots and then hopefully in the spring summer they're just starting to sprout now out of the little pots I'll go around the farm and I'll just plant them I'm not sure if I'll need to do tree guards I think things like deer might come along and sort of nibble the tops off so I'm going to have to be careful about that but yeah I just love the idea of a little legacy that mum and I'll leave on the farm it's just all these beautiful trees dotted around we do suffer here from ash dieback so we've got a lot of ash trees and a lot of the place names around where we live are ash da 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 and so they're gonna have to be cut down soon unfortunately so and then when my dad first bought the farm there were a lot of elm trees and then we lost that to dutch elm disease so it seems like we've lost so many of the beautiful trees and Really, you know, I think it would help to have some human intervention to make sure that more were planted, um, yeah, for the future. So that is my plan. Come and have a look at these conker trees in the garage. Okay. Look at these. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> They've sprouted quickly. Some of them are like four inches long. Wow. 
And I was quite unsure because I sort of, I park next to them every day. And so I wasn't quite sure. I saw these things appearing. They're sort of, oh, oh wow. And they're coming out the bottom as well. For Oh, no, I've got to pop them up already. I, I've planted about 100 conkers. And um, my hope was that I wasn't going to have to keep potting up 100 pots. But uh, we've probably got a dozen here. So that's a good number. Considering they were all just conkers that were resting on the cobbles. Six what are you doing? there. I was just coming to count. Yeah, I mean, look, some of these, look, some of these conkers oh. have been ripped out and nibbled by something. Oh, we must have got a little visitor like a mouse. <laughs> that one's been completely oh, eaten away. That, that's a mouse. Oh, you can see its little teeth yeah, marks. Oh, that's well. a mouse. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, so oh. I don't know what's the plan. Like, do we plant these in the spring or we're going to have to wait until they're bigger? You could plant them now or you wait until the spring. The idea is that you, if you do it at the end of the year might be a bit cold now, actually. If you do it at the end of the year, while the soil is still warm and we're about to get wet weather, they grow better. You can't plant them in the summer or the winter because it's too cold. Or you can plant them in the spring, early spring, so that you still get the rain. And, um, yeah, because if you do it in the wet. summer, I imagine you need to be watering it constantly or yes. keeping a close yes. eye. What is the story? Because all these conkers come from a tree that you planted 20 years ago. No, I planted it 40 years ago. It was oh, right. <laughs> I suppose I'm older than 20, so I would have remembered it. It was a wedding present, actually. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that. I had a, there was a conker tree and a walnut tree and something else, I think. And then when we redesigned the garden, the walnut tree and whatever the other one was had to go because it was in the oh. way. But the conker survived because it was planted in a place that didn't matter. Mm. But that's why it's so close to the buildings. I put it there. It, was, it used to be on the perimeter hedge. And it's just grown and bigger it's just and bigger. grown bigger and bigger. And these are its babies. Look at that. There's lots of hedgerows that will take trees like this at the moment. And I think that the plan is that we were going to transplant some of them. What we've got to watch out for is that deer don't come and eat them off and nibble out the tops. That's what happens quite regularly. So... Um, you know, they would have to be put in tree guards so that they can be looked after. A lot of people have said to me, you know, oh, you should be careful planting horse chestnuts because they're poisonous to animals on farms and things. But livestock know not to eat conkers. Yes, they do. Like with dogs, unless you throw it as a ball for a dog. A dog. We've had plenty of dogs around the conker tree and they've never tucked into a conker. And you know. Acorns are poisonous. The only are things they? that can eat an acorn is a pig. And we don't have any pigs, but we've never had any sheep die of acorn poisoning, have we? No, that's true. A sheep wouldn't want to eat something no. so tough, would they, when they've got succulent no. grass either side? Well, exactly. So it's like that, what's that, ragwort? You know, that yellow yes. plant, oh, that's poison, that'll kill a sheep and a horse. But when it's growing, they know that it, it smells nasty, it tastes bitter, and they don't want to know. So it's only when it's cut and it goes into the hay that it becomes dangerously poisonous. Mm. But yeah. Oh, but anyway, no, I love that, that's yeah. fantastic. So, well yeah, uh, conkers this year, and then next year we did also, what were the trees up in the yard? Beach, beach trees, yeah. Mm. So we got some beach seeds and I also got those little propeller seeds and things. So I just want to yes. plant lots of trees yes. everywhere. Well, we've got ash because we're obviously suffering from ash dieback now. So it's nice to have the seeds to try and bring some of those on. And the tree, uh, sorry, the field maple, that's one of the ones we planted up right. beside okay, so the Right, so we planted an oak, a field maple and a conquered tree, yes. which is a horse chestnut. Yes, okay. and we've got a beech tree out there that's been in a pot for goodness knows how long. That one ought to be planted out with them. Okay. When you next got a spade to hand. 
Wow, we're really branching out on the farm this month. Time for me to make like a tree and get out of here. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you guys, and of course, thank you for listening. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye guys. Happy New Year. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.